1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
2: We're Grant and Danny. You're listening to the Fan Confidence Points Picks coming up at the end of the show. Postseason time, the getting's about to get good. We'll get to that in just a few. We got a couple of more games to break down So let's just leave Monday night for next week. Okay. We won't even worry about that. You got a show before that. We will just go through the specifics of the weekend. Uh, Dolphins, Bills, one East on Sunday. So let's get to the Sunday slate. Miami at Buffalo. This game has lost all the steam, as we talked about, because of the quarterback situation. I don't know what else we need to say. We hit on it earlier. To me, this will be the most lopsided game of the weekend. Bills, I'm going to go back to my theme. No turnovers. This isn't close. It's pretty
1: simple. It's a 13 and a half point spread. So you might just go, well, that's so many points. But yeah, I mean, Buffalo is so much better, especially without Tua.
2: Giants at Vikings. New York, number 12 in DVOA on offense, 10th in passing, 8th in rushing. They're playing one of the worst defenses in the league. The Vikings, 31st in yards allowed per game, 25th in DVOA defensively, 26th against the pass. In fact, Daniel Jones threw for 300 yards twice all year. One of those games was against Minnesota, and it was the only time in a close game by design that they dropped back Uh and threw it for 300 yards. The Vikings, 20th in DVOA on offense, 17th passing, 28th rushing. Not quite statistically what you'd expect with some of those weapons and the Trigger Man cousins. Giants defense, though, leaves a little to be desired. They're getting a little healthier in the secondary, get a safety back this weekend. But 29th in DVOA, 23rd against the pass, 36 against the run. I think the Vikings are going to try to operate with Jefferson, who went for a buck 33 on 12 catches three weeks ago against New York, and Hawkinson, who had 13 for a buck 09. If the Giants commit all their resources to stopping Jefferson, 128 catches, 1,800 yards, 12 touchdowns this year, who else steps up? K.J. Osborne had a big December. Dillon doesn't really separate anymore, but is good in the red zone. A little bit of a red zone threat, yeah. That's the big question, I think, for the Vikings offense, where they've really scuffled this year. O'Connell's entire offense goes through his wide receiver one. You saw that last year with Cooper Cup with the Rams. He's brought that philosophy to Minnesota. They want Justin Jefferson to eat. If a team takes Jefferson out of the equation, sometimes, based on this offense, they struggle.
1: To me, this isn't necessarily you're going to lock up Justin Jefferson with bracketed coverage and you know a, a great defensive scheme. You take him out by putting pressure on the quarterback. You take him out by basically saying, we're going to try to end these plays quickly or force Cousins to throw off his, you know, at the end of his drop or off his back foot or hit him up the middle a couple different times. I think this Giants front seven could do that. I think that's where this game is going to be decided. If Minnesota can do enough to keep that Giants pass rush away from Cousins to allow them to do a few things, and they get something going with Dalvin Cook and company, Minnesota can win. I like the Giants here just because I, I think that's where this game, I think they'll actually will be effective enough in doing that, force a couple turnovers and maybe limit Jefferson. Not because you cover him, you can't, but because you don't give
2: him time to throw. Kirk Cousins hit by far more than any other quarterback in the league this year, and he was hit more than any quarterback's been hit in years. They hit him 11 times when they played the Vikings three weeks ago. They sacked him four times. This is how the Giants win the game. If they can take over at the line of scrimmage. If at defensive tackle where they've got an all-pro, they can win on the interior against a weak Vikings middle of their offensive line. They got a right guard rookie who's not particularly good. They've got a center and Bradbury coming back after weeks of injury. And you heard this from one of our guests earlier today, Mm -hmm. uh, Brad Spielberger. O'Neal being out at right tackle is one of the better right tackles in the league. He's going to miss the entire playoffs, I think, after getting hurt last week for the Vikings. that could be a really, really big deal. People seem to be all over the Giants. It just seems like there's too much smoke on them or else it would make a lot of sense. Like If everyone was picking the Vikings, I would say, you guys aren't talking enough about how the Giants could win this game. It, it almost seems like it's become in vogue to expect Minnesota to lose despite being 13 and 4. And for that reason, I wonder if we're overdoing it with the Giants a little bit. Yeah,
1: I've gone back and forth.
2: I, I mean, you know,
1: I don't have a great feel for it, obviously, but I, at one point I was going, everyone's overreacting. Minnesota's 13 and 4. They deserve credit for winning some of these close games, a lot of these close games, as Brad Spielberger was talking about with us here uh, a few moments ago. But the other, the other part of it is where this matchup really comes down to, the Giants have a distinct advantage to me. So, I don't know. I've wrestled with it. I do think the
2: Giants win this game, though. They need to get Saquon Barkley going. Hadn't run for 100 yards in his last eight games. Although, I will say he ran all over the Vikings. 14 for 84 when they played three weeks ago. And I mentioned Jones went for 300. He threw for 334 that day. This Vikings defense, second to last in yards per play, torched. Matt Jones, Daniel Jones, Mike White, Matt Ryan, among the guys who have had big games against them uh, this season. All right, let's get to our last game to, to cover then, and that is... The third of the triple header on Sunday night game. Ravens at the Bengals in Cincinnati. Bengals offense number four in the NFL. Passing seventh, running fourth. Defense for the Ravens has been outstanding lately. They're eighth overall, 11th against the pass, seventh against the run in DVOA. For the Bengals, when they've got the football, this is a top five group in almost every category. Their offense in points is sixth points per drive, fourth points per drive. And yards per drive, second half of the season. I just wonder about this Ravens defense being yep. able to keep the game close. I think they're good enough, too. When they traded for Roquan Smith, everything changed. And they've been great since. They've since extended him. They're top five in EPA per play, top five against the run in the second half of the season.
1: This game to me is about what Baltimore's offense can do, right? Because you're 100% right. That defense is good. They'll create some chances. They'll stop some drives for Cincinnati. Cincinnati's got everything you'd want on on offense. Joe Burrow, star, three really good receivers. There's always going to be a matchup advantage. Mixon's proficient on the ground. If the Ravens offense can stay on the field a little bit, get a couple first downs, God forbid, maybe some points. If you're within 68 yards, numbers approximate, Justin Tucker will kick that SOB through the uprights. If you do something to stay in this game, turn it into a rock fight, I think they can keep it competitive. Listen, John Harper's really good at this. He's a good coach. He's a good at getting the most out of whoever he's got. Right? He maximizes things. Guys punch above their weight class. They're together. I don't think they can win this game because I just don't think they have enough. I think they can keep
2: it close, though. Ravens have not scored over 17 points without Lamar Jackson. They're 2-3 and three in the five games without him. Bengals offense peaking right now. Number two in success rate. Since week 10, number four in EPA and efficiency stat for Cincinnati. So just some behind-the-scenes numbers on the games. Without further ado, then, stretch run here of Grant and Danny. Let's get you some confidence points picks going into the playoffs. Got to figure out. Nobody cares about the top of the board. Who's going to finish last? All right, we got to update these standings. And by the way, I should say that our someone you know might be susceptible here. Ryan is getting a little cocky, if I may. I go in there during the break and I say to him, I go, Ryan, I said, Hey, let, let me see your uh, picks. Doing a bit, thinking he's gonna be like overly protective or whatever, you know. He's like, and uh and and he starts to show them to me. I'm like, I'm kidding, you shouldn't show people your picks. <laughs> he's like, oh, dude, with all due respect, you can't catch me. Wow. He, he says oh. to the defending champion oh, wow. in the Grant and Danny point spread, confidence <clears throat> points picks. What have you done for me lately? All of a sudden, your boy's fourth, kicking me while I'm down, the defending champion. But without further ado, Darius, let's go through these standings right now. Get us the latest on confidence points picks.
0: Well, in first place is one Ryan Clary, who continues to pick the Detroit Lions. I don't know what you're going to do without them now. Uh, second place, Danny with 120 points. Sorry, well, what Ryan, does Ryan have? Ryan had 130. 130. Yes, Danny has 120. Ryan's in,
2: running away with it. He yeah. is. He's,
0: a, he's in a comfortable lead, I would say. Uh, Daris, I <laughs> myself, is in third place with 114 points, and then, Grant, you trail me in fourth place with 102.
2: Not steamed up. By the way, 28 points back, but 12 behind Daris, and all I got to do is not finish last. Now, remember, the loser, if it's me, Daris, or Ryan, this is like uh, almost breaking down the AFC championship game. <laughs> it's a neutral site if so the three of us agreed to the terms that Danny wouldn't agree to. But we agreed to take the SAT test if we lost in confidence points picks. Danny, who lost last year, would not agree to those terms. It should never be forgotten. So he has agreed to give us lunch, which is a nice gesture on a, a normal giant, Wednesday. catered lunch that you guys will love. Very nice. That'll be awesome. I look forward to that. Uh, yeah. If he loses. But he's in a good spot right now. So without further ado, we'll go in the order of record.
3: So, Ryan, you lead us off with your five-point play. All right, my five-point play right now. I got the Jacksonville Jaguars plus two and a half going against the L.A. Chargers. And truly, this is just a gut feel. I think the Jaguars are the hottest team down the stretch, and that bodes well for postseason football.
1: Oh, I'm next. Buffalo minus 13 and a half. I think this is a cakewalk. I think Miami barely shows up. That's They'll a field big the team. It's nervous. a huge. I'm terrified. This is I'm awful at this. That's why I'm going to cater you guys lunch. And why I wouldn't agree to the terms where I'm probably going to lose? But I like the Bills uh, at home.
0: Uh, same thing. I will follow up with Buffalo minus 13 and a half. I just don't think there's a chance with Skylar Thompson at quarterback for Miami.
2: Ooh, I like it, boys. I'm going to go Jaguars plus two and a hook. I think Jacksonville wins this game outright. I actually was stunned early in the week when I saw they were catching points. I think they are better than L.A. L.A. does not have Mike Williams at wide receiver. And uh, Jacksonville, with that momentum, five straight wins end of the year, Ryan just talked about, feel good about them. I'm going to go Jags at home as a live dog plus
3: two and a half. My four-point play, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers plus two and a half against the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are 0-7 in games versus Tom Brady. I think that streak continues, and the Bucks win that outright.
1: Bad weather in San Francisco. I think that actually bodes well for the 49ers. The Seahawks stop the run like I stop eating carbohydrates. It's a big number, but give me the Niners minus
2: 9.5. So the early trend for you, you're thinking blowout city this weekend. I think
1: I think that's what happens the, this wild
2: card weekend, it right? a lot of Teams that, that don't belong are ushered aside. I think you're on to something.
0: My four-point play has me also taking Tampa Bay plus two-and-a-half. Sorry, Cowboys, but you're not beating Tom Brady.
2: So my four-point play, this is the first of the couple of times where your boy's going to get a little cute here, okay? I'm going with an under. I'm looking at Ravens-Bengals under 40-and-a-half. I believe that that's a low number, and so I'm sure some sharp would tell you that you got to go over 40-and-a-hook. I'm not sharp enough to know that. Here's what I know. I don't think Baltimore can score. As I just said, they have not scored 17 Mm. points without Lamar. Ravens probably get to somewhere around 27, 13. Maybe it's a 20 to 13 kind of game. But I hope
3: it stays under 40 and a half because that's
2: my four-point play.
3: My three-point play, I have the Seattle Seahawks plus nine and a half against the Niners. Here's my reason. It's going to be raining all game tomorrow, so I think it's going to be a slop fest. And I think that'll be able to have the Seahawks keep it close.
1: Give me Baltimore, plus eight and a half. I do agree with Grant. It's going to be a low-scoring game. I think that defense is good enough. They cover, but since he wins. Uh,
0: Three-point play, Jacksonville, plus two and a half. I just think that the Chargers are going to completely regret not having Mike Williams in this game, and the Jaguars are going to roll.
2: So I think I'm all alone on this game, which makes me a little nervous, but I got to I gotta push forward here. Three-point play. Cowboys, minus two and a half to beat the Bucs by a field goal. Mm-hmm. I think we're overthinking about last week. And it is hard to knock I'm about it. that out of your mind. It was so bad. It was so disgusting. Dak Prescott was so awful. But we're sleeping on the fact that Tampa couldn't run the ball all year long. Their offense was out of sync for much of the year. I just think conceptually, they're not good. It's a lot of Mike Evans getting open deep or Tom Brady making a throw. Give me the Cowboys. Remember, what, the, what was the narrative all year in the 4-5 matchup? That the, the Cowboys would beat the winner of the South, right? huh. We're just, it's all recency effect right now. And I'm I'm going back to the
3: well on Dallas just being a better team, minus two and a half to beat Tampa Bay. My two point play I have the Buffalo Bills minus 13 and a half against the Miami Dolphins. I do kind of like Skylar Thompson, bits aside. I think he's a decent quarterback, but I don't think he can keep it within two touchdowns of that offense. Do we do we need to talk about that for a second? <laughs> Ryan likes Skylar Thompson. I do Thompson. like him. Stunning development.
1: Uh, I think the Cowboys are broken. Tampa Bay plus two and a half. Uh,
0: my two-point play, I have Baltimore covering the plus eight and a half. Uh, I, I don't think Baltimore showed everything that they had in the pocket last week uh, against Cincinnati. They knew they were coming back to Cincinnati for this card matchup. They're going to find a way to keep this game a little bit closer than it was in Week 18.
2: Two-point play. TJ Hawkinson, over 51 and a half receiving yards the minnesota vikings you're getting really cute got to uh tj hawkinson last time these two teams played went for over hundred now I, I don't think he's gonna do that again but they're going to defend justin jefferson with everything they got someone's gonna have to make plays cousins has loved throwing the ball to hawkinson he's been his number two target since he arrived in minnesota i got hawkinson over
3: 51 in a hook my one-point play, I have the Cincinnati Bengals minus 8.5 against the Ravens. I think this is simple for me. No Lamar Jackson, no Ravens. Cincinnati Bengals are the best team in the NFL. I think they steamroll. I like that. No Lamar Jackson, no Ravens. Is a <laughs> I do like bit. that. Uh, I got the
1: Giants plus three with my one-point play. I don't feel great about it. I don't feel great about that Jacksonville game. I don't feel really feel great about anything. I have no idea what to do with player props, so I'm just I'm picking
0: a game, and I'm picking one team.
2: Like any team?
0: That's my analysis.
2: All right. Good analysis.
0: <laughs> uh, I For my one-point play, I'm going to take Seattle plus 9.5. Again, it's my one-point play for a reason. I don't feel great about it, but I also don't feel great about the rain and weather situation in San Francisco, which is the only reason I think Seattle has a chance to cover
2: 9.5. So here's a little bit of a scary one-point play for your pal. I'm basically making this almost like a six-point play. Because I'm betting big on the Jaguars. I've got them plus two and a half, right? That's my five-pointer. So now I'm going ETN over 78 and a half yards. I got Travis ETN over 78 and a hook. Chargers can't stop the run. Problem is, if I'm wrong about the game and the Chargers beat them, then they probably don't run the ball a whole lot because Doug Peterson loves abandoning the run when he's behind. But let's just hope for game script. Jags win. I get my five-pointer. ETN covers 78 and a hook. That is my one-point play. So there you go. Our confidence points picks. We'll do them through the Super Bowl. Right now, I'm in big, big trouble. Looks like I'll be taking the SAT test this spring. Like I'm a senior in high school. Although my wife asked me to stop saying SAT test. I need to work on that. I don't think you do. She just wanted me to say SAT. I think it's... But, like, it's one of those things that's fine, right? It is. Isn't it fine? But what's correct? I want to say it correctly. I guess. I mean, really, anything is fine, right? I mean, you can... Talk no, yourself into anything, but it's involved.
1: not like you're saying that 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 up is down and and the sky is, you know, green. You know what I'm saying? Like this one is not. Let's let's let that one go. Let's all as a, as a society agree.
2: Let's not get worked up about that one, right? Like it's an ATM machine. What does Danny Ruij have on the docket this weekend?
1: On the Darnell, so my uh, my little guy's got yet another hoops game. Uh, and I'm going to invent an excuse to drag him to a restaurant that I want to go to for an elaborate brunch. What do you
2: normally go to?
1: Uh, we do a lot of silver, um, not far from us. I think we Silver might, diner? Yeah, so we might do a little uh, little Sweetwater Tavs. So we're going to do something oh, in the Greater Mosaic great American restaurant. Yeah, guy. you know I'm all about it. We'll probably, we'll probably do that. They had some friends for dinner over on Saturday as these games are underway. Good what, for you. What
2: about you? So I don't know what my plan is for watching games just yet. You can uh, listen on, on CBS Sports Radio, BetQL tomorrow. I got a couple of shows, including 10 to noon, but I believe it's going to be a feast in the basement kind mm, of day. That's a good day. I think it's a couch, maybe some sweatpants are involved, and there's copious amounts of food spread around me on the bar downstairs. Delivery?
1: Delivery type food?
2: I think we're going air fryer type food. Look at you. I think we're doing it at home. And by we, I'm not going to do a lot of it. You'll suggest it? I'll eat some of it. Yeah. That'll be really fun. That's what I'm looking forward to, though. Enjoy. Uh, by the way, the kids are going to Caps practice tomorrow. Oh, right? cool. Yeah, my daughter and my son really wanted to go to Caps practice, so they're going to go out to uh, their facility tomorrow, and I think they even get an autograph. They're in like, the kids' club or whatever. Nice. They're going to get to meet Carl Hagelin. That is cool. Isn't that neat? That is really neat. I'm excited about that. Are any mask guys going to be there? I mean, if it's Kid's Club Day and they don't have Slapshot there, it right. seems like a missed opportunity. They should probably have the slapper walking around. Speaking of the Caps, they're in action tomorrow. 7 o'clock, puck drop, Flyers in D.C. Please beat them. Please. I'd like to get two points. And as far as the Wizards go, tonight, coming up in about 35 minutes over at Capital One Arena against the New York Knicks. They can go ahead and lose that one in the rest of their games for
1: Victor Wembanyama or Scoot Henderson, please and thank you.
2: It's not going to work out that way. I know. But it would, would certainly be nice. For the crew, Ryan Darris behind the scenes. Danny, I'm Grant saying so long. We're back Tuesday at 2 o'clock right here on The Fan.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend.
2: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
1: I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.